Hi, welcome to Disrupt and Lead, the conversations that we have about the crazy and the chaos and the courage that it takes to create more of what we want. I'm your host, Faith Clark, author, autism advocate, inclusion specialist, and today I have the pleasure of sharing with you an old conversation I had almost two years ago with Angie from Angie's Perspective Photography. Angie is a special needs mom who has, a, I think, a pretty interesting journey because she has two children with complex needs. And her son, whose needs are also medical, there's a medical fragility there, along with her daughter with autism, there is a whole balance of the types of needs. And just listening to Angie anchor herself with trust and listen deeply to the needs she had in her heart and use that to guide the deeper development of our photography business, fantastic. If you go to Angie's site, you're gonna see photos that that touch people exactly where they are, that show people exactly where they are. The, 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 her photos feel alive to me because she gives voice. Her photos give voice to people who may have been afraid to get photos taken. I know getting photos taken of my family has always been hard and I'm looking forward to COVID being over and being able to visit with Angie and get some really honest and beautiful photos taken. So enjoy the episode. Let me know what you think and go visit Angie's website and just watch her journey through pictures. Angela, thank you so much for being a part of Disrupt and Lead today. I'm excited to be talking to you because I think you have a pretty interesting, complicated life and story. Um, Tell us a little bit about your, well, first of all, what you do and your, who are you? Tell us a little bit about you. Well, I'm Angie. I'm the owner of Angie's Perspective Photography. Um, so I'm a photographer and the mom of three kiddos, two of whom are special needs. Wow. So what are the ages of your kids? They are 10, 9, and almost 2. And who has the special needs? Uh, my 10-year-old is typical, and my 9-year-old has autism, and my 18-month-old, well, 18 months adjusted. Uh, he was three months premature, so he has a whole bunch of stuff going on. And so you've made this disruptive kind of shift in your life. And, and when you know you and I talked before, I, I kind of see all the diagnoses that we go through as disruptions in so many ways. Um, but you've been through this twice now. So you went through with your daughter, and then you kind of had to go through this more prolonged period with your son. And I'm going to cycle back to your daughter in a little bit, but tell us about what the journey, the early journey with your son was like. What were those first few months like? They were really intense and really scary. When he was first born, it was totally unexpected and we had no idea. Like I went into the hospital to get checked and he was born two hours later. We had no clue. And then, you know, it was just really touch and go. So it was just, you know, who knows what's going to happen. A lot of fear and uncertainty and it was just crazy. How long was he in the hospital? He spent nine months in the hospital in total. Wow. So, so how does that work out? You have two other kids. Like, how do you live in the hospital? 
we actually um we got a room at the ronald mcdonald house right across from the street um i would wake up drive an hour to take the kids to school drive back to the hospital and spend time with jonah and then you know, go back to pick them up a lot of driving a lot of a lot of craziness you must have been taking some superpower vitamins because that sounds <laughs> <laughs> that sounds wild so what is that like just emotionally these nine months i mean how are your other two kids responding how how's your husband like what's happening in the family in this nine months when you're doing all this stuff how's this working out it was i think it was really stressful for everybody everybody you know worried about jonah and that was the biggest thing but i think that worry for jonah really kind of just centered everybody at the same time like you know my kids we worried that they were gonna feel neglected like you know everybody's focusing on the baby and not them uh, but they actually did a really good job at you know they wanted to be there for him wanted to help take care of him um same with my husband i think that just really kind of pulled everybody together and gave everybody some common goals and common ground not yeah. that it wasn't easy but i mean it made it a little bit better so, so Jonah became like an anchoring point almost, like a, a place that everybody focused their attention, their energy. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And so he came home nine months later after he was born, and then what? How did you kind of transition into your new normal? How did everybody shift? It took some time. Um, you know, we had to kind of figure out just what we were doing. We basically brought the hospital home with us. We had a ton of equipment and nurses for a while. And then slowly, you know, then stuff that he needed kind of dropped off. And um, I don't know, we just kind of all slowly adjusted to just being a very special needs family. You know, everybody kind of knows their role. The kids like to help take care of him. Like you're the first person I've spoken to with the chronic medical needs. And I'm just holding that with the whole massive stress of the developmental needs in the case of like autism or cerebral palsy and you know and so just trying to imagine what it feels like to have the physical maintenance the medical fragility in the home at the same time as you know differences in development and so on and so if you would say there's one big impact this had on you at that time what would that be like one big whether shift or realization or or our struggle what would what would it have been i think there are a couple things i think one of the big ones is that you kind of learn to just micromanage everything um you know nitpicking every little thing even my 10 year old now you know if he coughs he's like oh wait i gotta go wash my hands because who knows if you know i don't want to make jonah sick and that person that class was sick too so wow you know, everybody thinks about every little thing and how that can impact the baby. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, you also have to remember not to stress yourself out about all those little things. And I think, you know, as hectic as it is trying to remember 10 million things at once, um, we also just have this kind of, you know that things are gonna work out one way or another, they're gonna work out because they have. Okay. So there's this, this combination of hypervigilance, um, which I think lots of moms as I, that I talk to and I experience that, um, but perhaps on a 
a bumped up scale because it's the, the physical hypervigilance, but you've balanced that with trust. Right. In the sense of we can handle this, we can manage it, it's going to work out. Exactly. Wow. I think, you know, I think there are lots of these stories that talk about the effect of having a sibling with special needs or with a disability on the kids. And I just wonder, we don't have to go into it, but I just wonder how the, that whole environment of trust just buffers it for your kids, um, your other two, your 10 and your nine-year-old to help them have resources to navigate life with Jonah and with with the hypervigilant parents and with, you know, with the extra stuff that's, that comes with, um, with being, with being in, in the family like yours. I tell my kids that autism chose us. And so that's mm-hmm. just, that's just who we are. And yes, yep. we, we have triple locks on the doors and exactly <laughs> that's us. Um, so tell us a little bit about Andrew's photography. What, because you, you mentioned when we were talking off before we were recording that it, you, you're not like professionally trained in photography. So lots of moms I talk with uh, keep thinking about, well, I was trained in this, but I don't think I can whether get a job in this that fits the needs of my child or, or whatever. Tell us about how did you decide on photography? Absolutely. I totally identify with that too, because I actually, I am, um before Jonah was born, I worked at Starbucks while I was getting a degree in psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, I finished up my degree like two months after he was born, but knew there was just no way that I was going to be able to go work in an office somewhere. Right. Um, anything with regular hours just was not going to happen. Right. Um, photography has always been a really, just something I love to do. People always ask me to take their photos. I've always been kind of good at it. And then when we came home, those first couple months, we weren't able to go anywhere because he had too much equipment and somebody sneezed, he could go back to the hospital. So we were basically in a little bubble. And so I started just taking more photos around the house. It was kind of my, my calm place, taking photos Mm. of him, taking photos of just flowers and, you know, everything. And then eventually as he got to the point where we were able to go out more, um, I realized that I could, you know, use that as my own income and do it for other people too, because I don't know, I, I, you know, I always took tons of pictures of my other kids, but it, with Jonah, you realize how much more meaningful it is to have photos because for a while we didn't know if that was going to be the last one that we got. Wow. Wow. So tell us a little bit about what you do now then. I mean, is it, is it just general? You take photos of anybody? You just like what? And how do you mix this in with your schedule with Jonah? So, so what do you do? And um, how did he inspire it or not? Or the pictures at home? Or tell us about that. So I do mostly family photography. I do do some other stuff um, as well on request, but I largely do families, um, a lot of maternity and babies, um, little kids. Um, couples, those are my, I saw some of the baby stuff you did recently and I was like, oh, that was so gorgeous. (laughs) That was holding that baby. Wow. Um, why did you focus in on family photography? I think that's just because, you know, that's what I get out of photography is, you know, it was important to me to capture all these moments that were going to be gone, that we weren't going to take the time to appreciate because we were too busy with other stuff. And to be able to look back on those later and 
remember what it was like and you know in the quiet moments um so i really love being able to take that and give it to somebody else i've seen several of the pictures you've taken though that are um they're unusual because i it helped me see how few pictures of kids with disabilities you actually see in portraits in posed pictures I, I, yeah. it was it's as if um i'm just thinking about my own picture taking it's as if my my kid needs to look normal quote unquote mm -hmm. before yep. i'm okay showing a picture to the world and in many of your photos kids don't look normal but yes. yet you've you kind of tell us about that I, what, what's that process for you and why do you do that and do families feel uncomfortable when they approach you like what's what's happening there my biggest thing has always been i i mean i will do nice posed everybody smiling and looking at the camera photos a couple of them but the biggest thing for me is capturing families as they are just the way they are no you know big forced smiles i want them to interact and and to look at the camera i always have babies that want to come up and try and grab the camera and i always tell the parents to let, let them let them come run up and show their curiosity because then you get these big wide-eyed photos of them and i want to capture their personalities the way they are in that moment and that's the most important thing to me absolutely and i think that's that's pretty remarkable because i think we that's giving us permission to really see our kids yeah absolutely for themselves you know not just in comparison to what typical kids look like yes. um which is so much i think of the daily life of a parent of a child with a disability In the show notes, guys, I have um, links to Angie's um, photos, the beautiful work. Uh, and I think it's such a gift. I mentioned this to you before, how hard it is, aside from the, thank God for the iPhone, uh, aside from <laughs> me being able to grab a moment with my phone to get actual pictures taken. And sometimes like the holidays when you see everybody with their family portraits, it can feel so sad to me because I'm not going to get my child to JCPenney or, or wherever to get family poachers, you know, and to have someone who will join our family and yes. capture moments feels like such a tremendous gift. Definitely. So thank you. Thank you. So we've kind of done full circle parenting. We've talked about business and um, I know that there are parents, women, people listening who are, like I, I want to create more for myself, but I am afraid that I would be neglecting my child. What's your, what's your take on that? How did you navigate? Did you have that thought, or was it just like, no, I, I'm fine. I, I know that I can take pictures and not neglect my child. But like, what's your, what? What's no, your I, I definitely, I think you, you have to have that thought. If you're a good parent, you have to have that thought because you want to make sure you're doing the best for your kids. Oh, I'm a good parent. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, the biggest thing is I heard someone say once that you have to, you have to flesh out yourself. You have to allow yourself to have that creativity because that's part of you. Mm -hmm. And if you don't use that, then you're not giving your kids everything that they need as well. I mean, they have oh. to be able to see that. They have to be able to see that you're, 
going for your own goals as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I know that when I, one day I looked at my daughter at the time, because she's 17 now, and I realized that as a woman, I wanted to model right. more than or other than, not more than, but other than what I was modeling. And I know she saw selfless love and she, she knew, she saw model this care and focus on her brothers and our brother and in just the home and so. Um, but I don't think she saw tenacious pursuit yeah. of the things in my heart. And so it was just what you're saying feels so key that our kids, especially our kids who who struggle, that mm-hmm. basic stuff is so hard. They do need to see this modeling of tenacity, pursuing Definitely. stuff just because, just because. So, so that's pretty awesome. So what's one thing that you would say is next for you? And um, yeah, what's one thing that's next for you? And then one bit of advice that you might give women, especially who feel, well, I wasn't trained in the thing I like, or, or I don't know how to create income from, from what I want or like what's next for you and what's some advice you'd give us? I think, um, you know, I really just kind of take things as, as they come. And that's also probably my biggest advice is that, you know, with Jonah, we've learned so much that things just don't go in order. Same with my daughter too. I mean, they don't go in order. We do things backwards and forwards and sideways and roundabout and come around. I mean, but they happen. And I feel like you have to take the time to choose what you want and then just allow it to happen. Take the time to focus on it, but don't get frustrated when it's not happening exactly the way you want because it just, it's not going to. (laughs) I remember reading in this book about, because it's fun you mentioned your daughter too, um, this is about speech or language acquisition in kids with like autism and other um, challenges. And, and the, the author said, well, he's five now and he doesn't speak. Um, and he learns to speak at 12. What does that matter when he's 47? Exactly. Yes. And it's like, we, we kind of, you know, there's this, this, this fake structure of these you know, do this by this, this has to happen by that. And I think we are affected by that in business as well. This should be happening that, you know, and so just this sense of really pursuing and allowing at the same time. Um, Exactly. And it's hard to balance that sometimes because you get caught up in, you know, these models of success that you see, but as long as you get there, that's the point and, and not giving up on it. I mean, I, try and wake up early and schedule myself time to, you know, maybe study some photography techniques or figure out some marketing things and stuff like that. But, you know, it'll happen the way that it happens. And what's your notion on this idea of balance? (laughs) How how does that work out for you? Very, very carefully. (laughs) It's, It's hard to balance. I mean, you know, there are times that things don't get done. There are times that, you know, I do get a lot done and it's just, I think you just have to be very patient and forgiving of yourself and allow yourself to kind of do things in a different order. (laughs) Well, my notion is that there's no such thing. It's rubbish. (laughs) 
but yeah, but there's harmony and there's a, a I was having a, a good chat with another powerful um, entrepreneur mom and she just said, you know, I'm pursuing harmony because I, I couldn't figure the balance thing out. And I thought, yeah, yeah that's, that makes perfect sense. Um, so how do people, what would, what would, well, how do people get in touch with you? If they wanted to kind of see more of your work or invite you over or I don't know. Most people message me on Facebook. Um, I also have a website. I think you have the link for that as well. Um, Tell us the website just for any listener while they're driving, just in case. It's just uh, angiesperspective.com. Okay. All right. So, yes. So we have the Facebook link in the show notes and we have the website in the show notes. And do you have any special offers that are going on right now or anything else that you might want to share with our our listeners? Oh, I always have um, my special needs kids photography deal. Um, That's my biggest one and probably my biggest passion. So for kids with special needs, and it doesn't have to be anything super severe, um, but we do one photo shoot for just $35. Oh, wow. Really? Mm -hmm. How far away? I I need to figure out how far. (laughs) You You just need to come make a trip down to Atlanta. Oh, I think we should invite you to New York and then we'll (laughs) kind of create a spot and bring people over. That works Um, for me. (laughs) Thank you so much, Angie. I've really appreciated listening to you because I, I think it just, it's a testament to your tenacity and your resilience. Um, but to your gentle way of holding life. And for, for many of us who've kind of just seen hard charging, you know, many, many of the moms I talk with are kind of type A. And, and this, what we've seen is this hard charging approach. And so this trusting and pursuit with gentleness and allowing um, just exudes. People can't see you, but it comes off of you through the camera. <laughs> And um, I really appreciate it. So thank you. Thank you. Um, And so guys, check the show notes. Please reach out to Angie um, and capture those moments with your family, with your child and frame them massive and put them on the wall because regardless of the medical or developmental issues we face, we really don't have any promises about any moment except the present moment. And so this might be one way to delight in the present moment. Take care. Bye.